Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Amar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never, ever miss out. And if you think this is awesome, hook your boy up with a five-star review. Now, with that being said, this is the expert series. I have an amazing guest today. She is an international speaker, psychotherapist, PTSD, and trauma expert. Joelle, her passion is mentoring, coaching, and supporting people while overcoming struggles that are keeping them from living a meaningful and balanced life full of fulfillment, joy, and contentment. Joelle started JRMNA to help others discover their hopes, dreams, and abilities to thrive through adversity, trauma, and mental challenges. Her career highlights, which I thought was really badass, is she was a guest on ABC's 60 Minutes, Beyond the Headlines, Switch YouTube Live guest, military psychology expert, and several outstanding achieving awards for top female executive. Also, Joelle provides worldwide training on trauma-informed care as an international keynote speaker. And she's also the co-host of Bipolar Girl, podcast host for Switch Research and author of Ted Ed PTSD video. With that being said, welcome to the show, Joelle. Thank you so much for having me, Amar. I'm excited. Oh my God, so am I. And just so the listeners understand, Joelle is the very, very first guest I have that I don't even know. So this is pretty <laughs> fun. We're going to get to learn about Joelle. I'm going to get to learn about it and jam out with her. But the cool thing that I already love about Joelle is that I say this all the time on the podcast is that she actually reached out to me and wanted to come on here and give some value. So that to me is, is just a definition of a leader right there is that she took it upon herself. So Joelle, with that being said, first off, welcome to the podcast. And what gave you the courage to just say, hey, I want to get on this podcast and give some value because that's the one thing I want people to know right off the bat that you got to sometimes grab the bull by the horn. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And I'm I'm super excited to be here. I, I was telling you before we started recording, someone sent me a link to the show and I can't remember which one it was. And I was like, ooh, I have to be on this show. This is this sounds so good, cool and I want to talk with you. And trying to grow in this industry as a female entrepreneur, right, in the end of the pandemic, it has been insanity. And I say that clinically, like I feel like I have all of these clinical markers now where I'm like, all right, doing the same thing over and over and over again equals insanity if you are not getting the same results. And so it really was sort of a leap of faith and trying something new over the last six months and putting myself out there. I have a great team that's helped me do that, but it is not at all my comfort zone. I'm a perfectionist, everything has got to be curated. And so it was one of those like, all right, what do I have to lose? The worst thing that's gonna happen is he's gonna say no. And that was months of anxiety of, right? Like, what would that mean if somebody actually told me no, which I hear all the time, right? But my little ego is going, you know, I might crumble. And so some of it was just to work on my own crap. Oh, well, there you go. And we all <laughs> got to work on our own crap, Joelle. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Because what I love about it, you have a very, a very impressive resume. You've, Thank as you. I said, you have been, you're in the, you know, in the trauma world more than anything. Yeah. So before, so let's just let the listeners know. I know I gave an extent awesome introduction with, who you are, but 
why and how did you get into this field? Because just so everybody understands is Joelle was a ballet dancer for over 20 years. And here she is now giving back as a professional. So talk to us. Yeah, I mean, it's not a glamorous story. I always joke and say I had no idea what psychology was. I had postgraduates and had done other things in the world of dance. And then the economy was good. I found myself newly divorced with a one and three year old and dance was not going to pay the bills in Silicon Valley in California and went, all right, dart, dartboard, psychology sounds great. There's a lot of truth to that story. I had no idea what I was getting into. I think the underbelly of that is I had been in therapy for my own trauma, had been recently diagnosed with PTSD and had a career ending injury and kept nursing it along. It's like, okay, this will be the year I'll retire. And then, well, I'll just teach dance. Okay, this will be the year I'll retire. Well, I'll do some coaching. Well, this will be the year. And I, I strung it out for about six years before you know my medical team and really my therapist said, you're done. You have to do something new and you can, you know, go do your PhD in dance history, talk about that. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to do it. And as an athlete, making that switch was fundamentally painful because I didn't know who I was going to be. And so that started this process. And with other things that were happening in my life, when a couple of really bad therapists, I'm like, I think maybe I'll go to psych school and give this a go. I don't want other people to suffer the way I was. I felt like I was suffering at the time. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And it's funny that you say that because I'm personally, I, I, I love therapy. I think I love coaches. I always, a lot of the questions I have in the mentor world and the coaching world is, hey, what is the difference between a therapist and a coach? And you are the first therapist slash coach <laughs> that I've ever met. So what is your definition of the common question, the number one question I get is what is the difference between a coach and a therapist? Because you're both. Yeah. So my coaching clients typically come, they have a target that they want to meet. For example, I wanted to work on being able to put myself out there, you know, and, and get on more podcasts, right? So they usually have something that they're striving for, and then they have some hangups with that along the way. And so coaching is really about working in the present, working toward goals. There's not a lot of deep dive into somebody's past or past trauma. And so I look at coaching as present forward, goal oriented, it's shorter term, usually, usually not always, and it has results and measured results. And with therapy, it's more, you know, past, present, future. And so there's a lot more energy into looking at, well, why did we get where we are now? And then how do we move past that? And what are the goals going to be? What's my personality going to look like? And what do relationships look like? And then what are those measurable outcomes? And, and so I think for therapy, the difference between that and coaching is really looking at the past, just the past. And for some people that's traumatic, for others it's not. Yeah, so what you're saying, I guess is what I'm hearing is therapy helps you get over the past and go through the traumas that we've been through where coaching helps you move forward and kind of gives you accountability. Is, is that a safe definition? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, with there's a lot of different kinds of therapy. They're all, you know, they're all good for different reasons. And some I think are better than others personally. And some are empirically based, so they have measured and tested outcomes. I think it's really finding the right person, right? Just like coaching, you know, you got to find the right person that you click with and that you're willing to be vulnerable and honest with. 
And if you don't have that person, find somebody else. There's so many good therapists and coaches out there. You know, there it, it's I've heard someone recently say going to therapy is like dating. You have to try a lot of different therapists, right? Before you find one, because it's so much about I'm stuck. I'm stuck here and I want to go there. I want to go forward and I don't know how to do it. And the coach is really helpful with, okay, let's look at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis where you're getting in your way. And a therapist is really good at looking at, okay, why do you do it? You know, what are those negative thoughts in your head? Where do you think they come from, right? Why are you, you know, continuing to do the same things over and over? So a therapist is, is good at kind of pulling those pieces apart for then somebody to move forward, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I love, I love, love, love that explanation because I, as I said, I get that all the time. So, hey, everybody, you got your answer right there. Joelle just educated <laughs> us and threw that fire there. So, all right. So now let me ask you, you were obviously an amazing, you know, you had that career that unfortunately, yeah. you know, as a dancer, you know, did not work out the way, the way it did. Why yeah. did you get into psychology and trauma? Yeah, I, I think, again, I think it was, I was really interested in the process that I was going through as a client or a patient. And it was interesting to me and I really wanted to know more. And it wasn't like I had this great altruistic goal. I'm going to go work with athletes or I ended up, my dissertation was broad spectrum eating disorders, addiction and trauma. And we can draw the dots. I'm a ballerina. It's not hard to figure out. (laughs) Yes. Right. And I just remember at every point being met with, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're not going to be successful. Oh, it's going to be too triggering for you. And so the more I kind of kept hitting these walls, the more defeated I felt. And yet there was this under uh, underpinning of, but I want to do this thing. And I think it took a long time to figure out what my calling was. And it really was working pe- with people with trauma. And it made sense to me. And so I think it's not a glamorous start. I kind of waxed and waned and had no clue what I was doing and in the, you know, in the middle of going through my own trauma. And so it was all happening all at once. It was this beautiful snowball effect, you know? Yeah. But this, but what's so great is that you said, and I hear this all the time with the people I work with, you didn't even know what the heck you were pretty much doing, but <laughs> yeah. you were doing it. You knew what you wanted to do, but you were just taking action, not necessarily once again, understanding what the final outlook was at, but you still pursued it. And I always say this to everybody is that it's okay that you don't know what your passion is, but it's not okay to look and try to pursue it each and every day. And it seems that's what you did. Yeah. And it it was hard. It, It was hard to make that shift from, you know, professional athlete, right. To, okay, now what? And so now what? Because I think the pressure of being perfect, the pressure of having to get it right, knowing it all, being at the top of your game, and then going back to school, you know, in my early 30s with two young babies, and they were one in three, and I went back to school and with 20-year-olds, right? It was one of those things where I wanted it, and I felt so defeated, and there were moments where I was curled up in the fetal position saying, I just, you know, I can't do this. It was traumatic in a sense, right? And it brought all of this old stuff that I had been dealing with as an athlete for so many years back up to the surface. So the more I tried to shove it down and it's like, well, I'm not that person anymore. I'm going to be this person. I get to have a new facelift and be this person. It kept coming up and getting in my way. And it was something that I eventually had to look at and I'm still working on it. Right. It's a hard transition. 
it is, but you said something so powerful. You said, I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> you said, I can't do it, but you did it. You did it. And look at you right now. You have an amazing company that we're going to talk about. You okay. are doing so much good, but you probably, or if not, I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Was there a point where you wanted to quit? Oh, every, I'll be honest with you. There are days now every day where it's like, you know, oh, okay, we have, you know, we need to meet this growth target and we don't make it. Or we have a great staff. We have a 10 week wait list. I'm very blessed. And at the same time, right, I want to serve more people and I can't hire, like I can't find people to hire. So if you're out there studying psychology and you want to come work with me, drop me an email. Yes, but we will put that information, <laughs> by the way. We will, we will, in the end, I'm going to have you do all that and we'll have all that all that that in the show notes so yes yeah so 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 sure i think i think part of it is for me what worked was naming it and leaning into it, it it's okay that i feel defeated that it has to be okay and so i've got choices right i get to control that either i quit it's an option and any day i can wake up and just say i'm done i'm out i give up right push through like a bull in a china china shop which i do way too often for that to be productive again doing the same thing over and over leads to insane and so i think for me it was that mind shift of okay experience what's going on and then this and so what not and so what who cares about it so what do you want to do about it joe right do you want to stay in bed and they I've had my moments pull the covers over my head literally and then those other moments where it's like okay well today's gonna suck but I'm gonna do it anyway and so it was really that mind shift of of just accepting that it was okay it was okay to feel defeated and that didn't have to change the world right that could be in that moment in that time I could feel it have a pity party and then move forward and so that that for me was the growth work. See, I love that because, you know, I hear it all the time. I can't do this. This is too hard. Maybe I should switch careers, but you kept on going on. And I say this all the time, Joel. I say people, you know, failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is a part of success. And you're going to hit those rock bottoms. You're going to, you know, have those days where you're laying in bed in the fetal position, the example that that, that you brought up but you still trucked and stuck and stuck it through. So yeah, that's amazing. I just want to tell you that people you. don't do that. People don't have the willpower because it's quitting is the easiest thing to get good at and you didn't quit. Yeah. I, and you know, I had a lot of excuses in the beginning. Oh, I can't because you know, I have these two little kids that rely on me. Oh, I can't because, oh, I can't because they were really excuses. Right. And, it was too hard to look at myself in the mirror and own all of the pieces. Not, that's not just the good ones that we like, right? It, it was too hard. And when I started to do that work of like, okay, all I am is the sum of all of my experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. And if I make them have equal value and they don't control me, and I look at it from this outside looking in, I have more control. I felt so out of control all the time that I was stuck. And so I notice now when I have these moments now where I feel out of control, I feel defeated, I come back to that. It's like, okay, am I stuck? And that's usually the response is, yep. And it's like, all right, do I need a mental health day? Do I need to phone a friend? Do I need to go out for a run? Do I need to, you know, work smarter, work harder? Like, what is it instead of why? Because anytime I, 
I go back or my clients, I push them back into the why. That's the therapy part. We start processing. Oh, well, there was this one time. Oh, well, I did this thing. Oh, well, I made that mistake. We, and then we're even more stuck, right? So a lot of it is, okay, what, what do I need to do next? Yes. Oh my God. I love that answer. I love that response because I mean, and I know that based on what you're saying, you've definitely experienced burnout. <laughs> definitely. You know, you've definitely experienced, like, as I said, the wall, you hit the wall, you hit the ceiling, right? But you, I'll say it again, you kept on going through. Now, with burnout and you said stuck, you use the word stuck yeah. that I hear so much. That's why I love, love, love that you just said that word. You hear you said stuck. And then people are, you know, people do experience that day to day. And what is your advice to somebody right now that feels guilty about having that mental health day yeah. is stuck, but wants to keep on going. They feel guilty by giving themselves that break because they're stuck and they feel like I have no control of this. I need to get out. Yeah. You know, and it sounds so easy, right? Oh, just do this mental shift and you'll be great. Like, it, <laughs> you know, if it were that easy, all of your listeners would be doing it guaranteed. And you and I would not have a job. I mean, really, <laughs> you're right. Absolutely. Right. Like if, if it were that easy. So I think some of it is it's working with what's the guilt about right because guilt is more about my behavior you know i i'm too tired to get up i feel guilty i have to go to the meeting everybody else is at the meeting i don't want to go to the meet right we this negative place that we get into and the messages that we give ourselves. shame is more about what we think about ourselves in the world oh i'm not good enough right i'm a failure right and so some of it is is really starting to take a look at what's driving what are the messages whose voice is it you know when i ask people that whose voice are you actually hearing people will say you know typical right mom dad coach you know the sports coach whatever partner friend sometimes people will start to say oh well that was me at 16. ah what happened when you were 16. oh well i got cut from blah 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 okay let's talk about that right because we don't realize those subconscious me messages boil up based on how we feel emotionally yeah. or physically right yeah no i love that you said that as well because i mean you and i spoke offline like i mean there was times where both of us like we played sports we thought you know but you know the outcome was not what we expected right, right. but now there's somebody right now who let's say was cut from their sports team or uh fired from their dream job I'll say, cannot get over the fact that they've been through a divorce. They're, they're in deep tra trauma, whether inner child trauma, which is your specialty, trauma itself, right? What is your advice to somebody right now who is going through, cannot move forward in their life, cannot move forward in what they want for their goals because they're, they feel that they have this stigma, this dark cloud over their, over their head? Yeah, and you know, it's 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 a broad answer and it's a socioeconomic one. So being mindful of, of where people are in the world, right? Um, you know, if, if you can afford to go to therapy, hire a coach, find one you love. If that's not something that's doable in your budget, there's some really great free organizations, foundations, online materials, webinars, YouTubes, books. There's so much material right now out there and it really is, pick something up that resonates and 
if it works, cool. If it doesn't, throw it out. Find something else. I'm looking at, I'm looking around my desk because I have like a bunch of different things. I, I travel a lot and I always buy things in airports. This is my latest one. Forgive my language. Zen as fuck. Yay. Zen as fuck. It's, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I love this thing. It's skills. It, it really is. It's, it's doing some journaling. Um, it's hard to start. And so what I tell clients is just pick a place, even if it's listening to a podcast like yours, where there's something that someone's going to say that you'll go, oh, I feel that. Oh, I get that. Oh, I've had that moment. Oh, I understand that. Right. And that gives a little bit of hope. And, and so part of it is that's the bigger answer, right? Or the broader answer. I think that the middle piece to that is trying to really work on your own self-talk and we call it thought stopping, which is when you're having these thoughts of stop, take a couple of big belly breaths, right? And then, okay, what do I need to do next? And I keep coming back to that in this podcast. What do I need to do next? Because it helps drive us forward when we don't know. Yeah. Right. We, we don't actually have to think about the why we just have to go. Oh, I got to get up. Oh, I got to take the kids to school. Oh, I got to make this call. Oh, I got to vacuum that. And so when we're feeling guilty about taking that self care time, right? Sometimes what do I need to do next helps move us into that next space. Well, if I make these three more calls, then maybe I won't feel so bad if I take the rest of the afternoon. Right. So I think the stuck part is that out of control overwhelm that people feel, right? Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's an amazing, amazing advice and answer about that. Because once again, I know how many people are struggling with that. They will not take action. They will not go pursue their goals because they're stuck because of, as you just said right now, that subconscious that they didn't realize they were held back when they were 16, 15, 14 right. years old, that something happened to them. And all of a sudden, they realize, oh my God, that is why I feel I'm not good enough. That is why I feel that I am not going to take this opportunity. So if there's somebody right now that's saying, I am not good enough, right, Joelle? Yeah. Because you and I both felt that way. We both yeah. felt that way. Like we were both felt that, hey, I was not good enough in baseball. I was not good enough in football to, to, to make it to that next level. You felt that way with, you know, you, you experienced that with dance. So if somebody right now is saying, I am not good enough. What is the first step? I, you know, I wish I had a magic, magic wand <laughs> and a great answer for that. You know, it, it's so overwhelming, right? I remember feeling that way. I'll be totally honest and transparent. I still feel that way. You know, not every day. I think that's the growth part is I don't feel that way every day anymore. You know, part of it is, is really breaking apart the pieces that you can control. Like I can control how I show up and treat people. I can control what my sleep looks like, right? what my self-care, my wellness, you know, how I take care of my body, what I put fuel my body with. Like I, these are things I can control, right? And so sometimes when we're so stuck like that and it's not, we're not good enough, we're so overwhelmed with everything and all of these feelings, we don't know where to start. And so it's picking a place to start. And so what is that going to look like? Is it that you write down three things that you're grateful for every morning and every night before you go to bed? We know that with research that a 90 day gratitude practice, people report being between seven and 10% happier. Wow. So I did not know that. 
Yeah. So is it is it something that that feels it's simple, right? But it's not easy. And that's the thing is all of these things are simple. They're not easy. It's not easy to start and it's not easy to build a habit and then being able to forgive yourself. Right. So for me, I, I'm such a perfectionist. We talk about that, that feeling of failure. Right. And the dream job is a whole nother thing. Like I, we could talk about that forever because at five, two and a half being in a ballet world where ballerinas are about six, seven, I mean, five, seven to about six feet tall at five, two mouthy and hippie. Yeah, it was not a good fit. And I just kept trying to force it and force it and force it. And, and I didn't want to, I didn't really want to look at maybe this is the wrong thing it's not giving me joy right for so for so many reasons and so that work was so much harder than now when i'm feeling stuck just picking something okay i'll do a gratitude journal i'll make sure that i get out of the house for at least 10 minutes and walk around the block get some fresh air something to just get me moving, right? It's so much easier than trying to figure out all of the mental garbage that's going on about my past, my present, what do I wanna do? What's the business gonna, it's all this chatter, right? Yeah, no, and yes, it's all that chatter and you brought it up a little while ago about like the voices in your head. And one thing I remember, (laughs) I did an episode on this and also my mentor says this all the time, Rob Dahl, he says 85% of the negative thoughts in your head don't even exist. They don't even exist. And you also said something powerful about, you know, getting a therapist, getting a coach, being, you know, it's like dating. Like, I know that feeling as well, because it's just like, hey, you know, I don't know if this guy aligns, this girl aligns. But when when they're when you're aligned, you know, you're aligned, because I say this all the time, if you have your, your sink or issue with your dishwasher, you're going to call a plumber. If you have something going on with your AC unit, you're going to call the HVAC guy. If you have something wrong right now with inner child or trauma, reach out to a professional. But yeah. what have you seen? Because I can be very honest and vulnerable like you right now. I remember when I went to therapy, I remember telling my wife, I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I don't need to go to therapist. Like that means I'm I'm crazy. That means I have problems. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm a man. I can handle this. Yeah. What is your advice to ignorant people like myself <laughs> who at the time who actually like that, you know, are gonna start doing that dating process and get yeah. that bullshit stigmatism out of their head, like about what I feel, because I've heard that as well. I'm not crazy. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. I can handle it. What was your advice to that person? What steps would you take? Yeah, it and it it's it's so true with the stigma, especially, you know, with men. I'm very blessed. I actually have two male therapists in the clinic and I'm always amazed at how they show up every day. And so I think some of it is most people that really thrive with therapy are not dealing with major mental illness. And that's the most important thing is therapy really can help people like get unstuck learn skills figure out how to show up better in relationships whether it's romantic ones friendships work relationships right can get a handle on all of those negative those voices that they hear it doesn't have to be trauma it doesn't have to be depression anxiety right it it doesn't have to be those things it's when somebody's starting to say, I've been stuck for a really long time, right? There's a pattern there. And so really therapy can help with patterns of behavior when we can't get out of our own way to fix them ourselves. And so, you know, 
it doesn't have to be long term either. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions. And, and again, with stigma, it's, well, I'm not crazy. I'm not suicidal. I'm not bipolar right now. Now, therapy terms are, and diagnostic terms are part of our vernacular. Right. Oh, she's so bipolar. Oh, my God, I'm suicidal. I'm so depressed. Like we hear. Right. And so on the one hand, 25 and younger are willing to come in and do therapy and talk about their feelings. It's part of their world as digital natives. And then there's this other piece where that keeps the stigma going. Right. I think it's just really interview interview people like me. How'd you get started? Who do you like to work with? What do you think you're good at? What you know, what's your style of therapy? If they can't answer the questions, not the right therapist. If you don't like the answers, not the right therapist. I always tell new clients, try it two or three times with me. I'm going to keep asking you, how's this working? How's this working? Because I'm a perfectionist and neurotic. How's it working? How's it working? Right. And you're not hurting my feelings. I will find you somebody great. Right. And, and I think, you know, so many of us, me included, went to a therapist, had a very terrible experience and said, I'm never doing that again. Right. It, it took another crash and burn for me to to try it again because it was I, I'm not crazy and I don't need to go or I'm so crazy. I'm so crazy. Nobody will understand me. Nobody right? will understand. <laughs> Love it. Talk about dramatic. Oh, yeah. My God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I said that to be real with you. <laughs> Had a hand in my head and all. <laughs> Oh my God. No, that is awesome. And you said something too, that I, I can validate 100%. You said that men, I'm going to tell you right now, I remember my very first therapy session. And now I, I still like everything in my life is going great. And I have, I am so comfortable to say this on this podcast that I still have a therapist and Mm -hmm. we talk, we go over certain things and it's just more about a a check-in process. And, you know, as you said it yourself, you still today, you are a therapist, you're an amazing coach, and you still struggle. Same thing with anybody else. Yeah. You know, we're gonna, I'm going to always learn to be better. And I'm not walking around every day like, yep, life is great, ignoring everything because life happens. But with the men, and I hear this all the time, it's like, nope, I rather just keep it all in because she's not going to understand. He's not yeah. going to understand. And the fact that you said like, yeah, like you as a listener, you as a person have the right to not trust the therapist. It's okay to not trust the therapist because I did it in the beginning. As I said, I, I was so judgmental and questioned so much. And at the end of the day, it was nothing what I thought. Yeah. And it, it makes no sense. Like, why would you go you know, basically rip your heart open and spill your guts out, right? Like to somebody that you don't know and you don't trust. It it makes no sense. Why would we do that? There's a warming up process, right? And and so there, ha- in my opinion, there has to be room for that. And so I always, you know, when I'm talking to people on the phone, there, there are more times we're referring people to other therapists because it's like, oh, we don't have somebody on our team that either is competent at what you need or has the skill or we think you'd be better served somewhere else right and i i talk to people about this all day long of you have to find somebody you eventually learn to trust and you really three or four sessions in you know you know i work with c-suite and i'm in silicon valley right so i work with c-suite you know with all of 
the big Fortune 100s. I work with elite athletes. I work with elite military, and they come in and they, you know, arms crossed and and pulled back, and and it's mostly men. And a lot of it is okay. What are you going to tell me? I don't know. And I'm like nothing. I'm there. There is nothing I'm going to tell you that you actually don't know. I may tell it to you differently. So part of it is just being, I just show up and I'm honest. I don't know everything. I still see a therapist. I still have a coach. I still do. I do all of the things that I'm teaching and I still don't get it right all the time. And so I think part of it is, is in therapy, we're taught not to be ourselves, right? We have to have this blank screen. And I think that's another difference between therapist and coach where a coach is, is, more willing to engage in that interpersonal relationship where therapists are taught to hide behind the clipboard. And so I think for me and my staff, one of the things that makes the, my team successful is we act more like coaches in that sense. We show up and we're just ourselves, right? And there's that transparency and it helps people feel comfortable. And after a while, if they don't trust me, then I'm sending them to somebody I think that will be a good fit or a better fit for them. Right. The hard thing is what we started talking about originally, right, which is, oh, my God, I failed. Oh, my God, I failed this person. <laughs> right. We And that's something that the coaches that I work with always say, I'm so scared to like, I don't want to mess up this person's life. I don't want I don't how are they going to trust me? All of them, they wanted to be a coach and mentor their whole life. And they finally yeah. get a client. And then they're like, oh, no, I don't want to fuck uh-huh. them up. Oh, yeah. my God, what am I going to do? It's like. I say this all the time, like even you right now, let's just say you are a seven in your genius zone, right? Right now yeah. you're a seven, right? You're, you can help out somebody who's at a four because even though you're not a 10, you're, you, you're working on it to be that 10. You can still help the people who are struggling from steps one to seven because you're at seven. And I emphasize that all the time is that ex- your experience, Joel, is completely different than my experience. We may have similarities and some parallels, but it's completely different. And the way you got over it is different than the way I got over it, but you got over it. And I feel like that is your, when you're your own testimony, like go, like reach out to Joelle because she's doing that. She's not, I'm going to use your term. She's not reading the clipboard to be like, this is what I learned. And I am, you know, a perfect person that, you know, got my degree in this. She did this because you've had some struggles in your life. And you were able to figure it out and then make a career out of it, Joelle. That's what you did. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And, and I'm and I'm still trying to figure it out, right? A lot of a lot of the, you know, women, women in business, you know, and, and speaking I do, and they ask, Well, how do you get to, you know, X, Y, and Z? And I laugh and I'm like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like some of it is just dumb luck, some of it's tenacity. And and I joke, I'm like, that's the benefit of being a perfectionist, right? But but some of it is is having a growth mindset, right? Of allowing yourself to stay open even when it's hard and and we feel like we're failing at it. Because yeah. it is hard. It's hard every day. It is. It is hard every day, but you're putting in the work. And that's that's the whole thing. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have good days, but you're putting in the work. And speaking of putting in the work, because you do specialize in eating disorder and <laughs> This is amazing because, well, not amazing. I mean, (laughs) hear me out. I have a lot of people, uh, Joelle, a lot of people who reach out and these are people who've lost hundred pounds, hundred pounds, right? 
they've put in the work. They busted their ass working out. They look good, right? And then all of a sudden, five, six months later, they put the weight back on. Yeah. And then they put the big the, the, the weight back on. So then they think they're going the fast route. And then they're eating a hundred calories, 200 calories a day, trying to starve themselves or, you know, all the other tactics they yeah. use. First off, why, 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 why did they resort? Like they did, they put in the work based on your expertise and the clients that you worked in. Yeah. Why do they go back after putting in all that effort to losing that weight? What's, what's going on? Yeah, I think it's goal oriented, right? We're, 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 we live in a society where it's all about results and we're celebrated for our results. And then we really don't deal with what's underneath all of it, right? There's a reason why we call it comfort food. And, you know, there's an emotional reason. There's a biochemical reason. I mean, it's amazing why we love ice cream because dairy has this protein called casein. It runs on the same neurotransmitter that opium does and sugar runs on the same neurotransmitter as heroin. So we love ice cream because it gives us all the feels all the time, right? Wow. Um, First of all, I did not know that. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that information. I guess I'm just talking about myself. I, you know, but <laughs> this is great. You know, so so some of it is there's a reason why things are, you know, why why we're comforted, and part of it is people who struggle with with weight and with a body image and things like this or disordered eating. Maybe they don't have an eating disorder that's diagnosed, right? Um, people tend to make themselves bigger because they disappear and, and they know that the judgment and the shame is in their minds worthy, right? Because they quote, can't control themselves end quote, not my words, uh, you know, clients words. And so they make themselves bigger because it's, it's a way to say, well, of, of course, I'm going to get these negative judgments. Look at how I look right for other people they make themselves as small as they possibly can to try and disappear. Well, if they don't notice me, I won't be on the end of that pain, right? Or those judgments. And so if we don't deal with that, like what's really underneath why we feel like we can't control our food, right? Either we overeating or undereating, it's never gonna go away. So yeah, we're super successful, right? We lose weight, we put on weight, depending on which side of the scale you're on, right? Literal, literal scale. Mm -hmm. um, and we never deal with it. We never deal with, with what's underneath. And it is all about image, control, perfection, what your parents said, what a teacher said, what a coach said, right? I mean, I remember, you know, I would typically when I do eating pod, eating disorder podcasts, I don't talk too much about numbers. So I apologize listeners, if any of this is triggering for you, just hit pause. No, don't hit pause. You got to <laughs> lean into your triggers. Do not hit pause. Lean into your triggers. This is okay. why we do this. This is why Joel is a badass. Lay it on them. All right. So I remember being, you know, again, five, two and a half being, you know, 80, 87 pounds. Um, that is not healthy for anybody who is a grown up. For a child as they're growing, sure. But an adult woman, not a good plan. And the ballet mistress calling me in and she's like, we need you to get down three more pounds or we're not putting you on stage. And I, at that point, I had failed as an anorexic. In that moment, isn't that insanity? Like you the, failed the, as an anorexic. The mental gymnastics one goes through 
right? And and that was that was it, which is I, you know, and then I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be able to do it. I'm never I, I can't like I can't I, I'm I'm so dysfunctional. I can't even get that right. Like all of these negative voices going on. And it took a lot of therapy to be able to work with what's true about any of it. Right. Nothing. There was nothing true about it. But in the moment, it, it was my reality and it drove everything I did. Right. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that vulnerable story. That's insane. 87 pounds and you had to be 84 pounds. Like, oh my God. And you know what though? I hear that. I hear that all the time, especially with, I work with a lot of fitness coaches and fitness, yeah. fitness mentors, and they put so much stress on themselves because they're like, I got to look at this perfect image. I got to get over there. You know what? I got to now not eat all day and drink the water and flush myself out. So I have that appearance. Like, what do you say to that person? Yeah, you know, I, I, really what I say is, and I'm super sarcastic and it's really not appropriate. So my, my clients stay with me for a reason. I think they're glutton for punishment. But, you know, usually what I say is, how's that working for you? Right? How, 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 how's that actually working for you? Because are you happy? Um, unless they're telling me, yes, I, you know, you know, working out and cutting weight is my jam. I am the happiest. I'm living my best life when I'm doing that. I'm like, all right, more power to you. I have not met anybody who has said that to me yet. Oh my God. I love that. How's that working out for you? And this is why I'm so excited that you're on this podcast because you have a very successful business, Joelle. Thank you, you do. And I want you, I like, I'm just going to ask you, why do you yeah. think you have a really successful business? Uh, I, can, I can give you my opinion right off the bat. Yeah, you can. Because I'm going to tell you why I feel it. Okay. <laughs> because look, because number one, you're not talking over here, watching your words and doing anything. You're being yourself and sharing your story, your story, not yeah. the clinical stories, not the, you know, the textbook stories, you are sharing your stories, which is why I'm like, you're such a fucking badass, Joel. Like, I'm so proud of you for coming on here and being able to do that. And you brought up sarcasm, like, you know, and, and all of that. But so that's my opinion. So now why do you have a badass, amazing, successful business? Thank you. You know, I don't know. I'm I, yeah, the, the, I don't know. I really don't. That That's an honest answer. I think it just depends on the day. Sometimes I'm able to get out of my own way. And, and the last two years has been a very difficult, painful, amazing, fundamentally mind-blowing growth period where I have wanted to throw in the towel probably every other day. I have a great director of operations that I brought in and who like kind of, you know, continues to, to yank on my chain and bring me back to reality. So, so part of it was learning how to surround myself with people that are going to make me better and letting go of the control. I, so that's a huge piece of it. I think it's always learning. I'm always taking classes. So I take as many classes as I teach. I talk to experts like you and I, I take away something from everyone I talk to, including my clients. They challenge me personally. They challenge me emotionally and it, it forces me to be real. And then like, you know, thank you for pointing it out and all the kind things you've said, being as transparent and honest as I can be. And it takes a lot of work 
and and willingness to show kind of the ugly side of yourself to people. And so I think those things have really been able to help me build a brand. And now we're just in this, okay, what does that look like? And I don't have a business background. I have all these, I have five different college degrees, man. I've got a couple of postgraduates. I don't know how to build a business. And so some of it is, is just owning that of, okay, I, I have no idea how to do X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, who, who can I find? You talked in other podcasts about building a tribe, right? Yeah. Who can I find to bring into to the tribe that can help me do this thing? Because I just can't do it all. And I will, I will tell you two years ago, I was definitely, I can do it all. I'm my, you know, my own made woman. I can build this thing. No, I it's needed help. I needed I help. My own. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I needed help. So I think, I think part of it is, is just that process of, of allowing myself to just be human. And it's so hard. It's so it hard. It's because of the, the whole, you know, like, am I going to put all my, am I going to air out all my dirty laundry? And you are. You're yeah. Doing that. It took a long time. And I never talked about ballet and eating disorders and my struggles and trauma from, for years, for, for most of my career. And then I was asked to be on a, a panel and to, to, about athletes and athletes doing you know, psychotherapy. And I went, well, do you want me to be on this as an athlete or, or as a therapist? And I was just starting in my career and they said no as an athlete. And I remember having this guttural, gut-wrenching experience and shaking on stage of, of like, I, I don't know if I can talk about this. And then also thinking my parents are going to read this. Like, what's going to happen when my friends and family find out that, that you know, I, I feel is broken, right? as I did at that point in time, you know, now I'm supposed to be a therapist. Like I, I remember just, it was such a mind blowing experience and it took a long, a long time and a lot of therapy. And so that's success though now, cause I look back and it's, it's, why wasn't I talking about that? Why wasn't I being real? What was I so afraid of? I don't know. I, I can tell you in my experience, judgment. I mean, I feel like we all are afraid of judgment. We all are afraid of what is he going to think? What is she going to think? Like the family, like I even like when I started this podcast, I remember all the insecurities that came in my head, but then I said, you know what? Like, I don't give a shit. If I can help one person and that's it, I'm good. One person. And, and, and then from there, it's just been like, you know, it's been amazing. And it's amazing because I have amazing people like yourself come over here and teaching people, understanding that they're not alone. That yeah. to me, I feel is like, for me, when I was struggling with anything in life, I feel that I'm alone, you know? And yeah. I feel that, that you brought up about tribe. I talk about it all the time. Find your circle, find your tribe. You need that people to, you know, give you that pat in the back, but also the kick in the ass. Like it's so important. And, you know, you being a part of that circle and tribe and bringing that up, even is just like, damn, you got even more brownie points. Like you're just, you're crushing it in life right now because people don't understand how important it is to, it's okay. Like you have, I'm sure your friends, like, but there's, there's a difference between your friends and your circle. And like, so I just want you to elaborate because I preach on this all the time, why you feel having that circle more importantly, calling you out on your bullshit is so important to every single person listening right now. 
right? Because your friends are gonna have your back. That's why they're your friends. They are gonna have your back. They are gonna build you up. They are gonna take you on vacation. They, they are right. They are. They're gonna rally when something terrible happens and show up with you know popcorn in a movie, right? Like that's what friends do. Your therapist or your coach is gonna say, "How's that working for you? When do you want to pull your head out of your ass and try something different?" Right? Like oh, I love that. Yes. Like your friend, your your friends aren't going to do that, and and we don't want them to. We want our friends to tell us, oh my gosh, that person is the worst person ever. You are a mate. We want our friends to, to, to fulfill that, right? To make us feel special and, and connected and validated. And we need people in, in our, on our team, right? That are like, eh, you sure you want to do that? Or wow, that wasn't really nice. Or mm, I think that was the wrong decision or yeah, for me, a lot of it's, okay, Joe, so you're getting in your way again. How's that working for you? Like, because a lot of times I don't know I'm doing it, right? And and so that that network of people aren't necessarily your friends, right? But they love you and they care about you and they have your best interest at heart and they want to make you better and successful. And And so I'm always talking about let's work toward better, not perfect. Right, because because better means we're going to have off days and we're going to fail and make mistakes. And, you know, all I can do is is wake up the next day and go, wow, I really screwed that one up or I wasn't nice or I owe somebody an apology. And that's, I guess, what I'm starting my day off with today. And I get another opportunity to try it again. Yeah. And you know what? If I screw it up, guess what? Tomorrow I get another opportunity to try it again. I love that again, because I always say this, just get 1% better, not being perfect, because my my definition of perfect, because I know you said you're, you're a perfectionist, is that <laughs> perfectionists can delay you from achieving your dreams. Yeah. Like I've oh, seen, yeah. I've seen people all the time, like have so, like they can give so much back, but they're like, I'm not going to take action because it's not perfect. I don't have my website. Oh my God, Joelle, you have a misspelled word in your thing. No, you don't, by the way. Take it's, it easy. I'm I, just throwing that out okay. there. <laughs> but you're able, <laughs> she's going to be like, let me pull that spell check out. But, but you are still able to accomplish that. And speaking of accomplishments, yeah, you have worked, you have a, as I said, impressive resume. You've been on Thank you. 60 Minutes and all that. But what is Joelle's biggest accomplishment? You know, as I, as I sit up in my chair. She just, she, by the way, everybody, she just sat up, put her shoulder back. She's about to drop something right now. So pay attention. I'm going to say the most mom thing ever. I have two young adults. One just graduated from college and is a professional chef and a, a successful one. And I have a D1 soccer player and she is also doing great. And so, you know, outside of just like loving to brag about the kids, mom, mom stuff, because I don't think us parents, not just moms, parents, all parents give ourselves enough credit because parenting, I think, is the hardest job I will ever have. With the business, I think what I'm most successful about is the last, really the last year and a half of, it was a slash and burn. I, I got rid of a lot of people that I had and I started with a, a new team, new vision, and have started rebranding and I'm really proud of the work that we're doing. And it's been a while since I can say that. And so I think what I'm proud of is, I think for the first time taking my own advice, right? Of building a tribe of people who 
are going to keep me humble and keep us moving forward and trying to bring health care and mental health care to as many people as we possibly can, whether they can afford therapy or not. So, yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's like amazing and powerful that you brought up about like pay about payments. And because I hear about affording and being able to have that in your budget, because I'm going to tell everybody right off the bat, you that's a necessity. I, I say this with like pride and, 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 and like just passion that therapy coaching is an investment. It's not an expense. It yeah. is an investment. It is an investment that's going to pay you back the most dividends than you ever have mon- monetary wise, because you are leaning into the insecurities, the triggers. And that is why I love, love, love that, that you said that because people don't look at it that way. Oh, I got to spend money this way. No, if you can go spend, you know, $50 a week on coffee, then you can spend Oh, my New York came out coffee. Uh, you can spend <laughs> You know, you you can budget for a for a coach and or therapist, which Joe, you know, Joelle is. And I just first off want to thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to come on here. But before before we go, I need to make sure the listeners we're going to have it all in the show notes. So don't worry about it. But I want you to say, how can we reach out to Joelle? How can they reach out to this amazing badass team that you have? Because Right then and there, you heard it from her. You heard it from the horse's mouth herself that she built this team, handpicked this team. It's the tribe and they're making people get over their trauma, getting over their you know disorders, getting over what's holding them back in life. So plug it in, baby, plug it in. Yeah, so it's my name, which I, I will spell it, but I know you'll drop it in the show notes. So it's Joelle Rabo Miletus. So J-O-E-L-L-E-R-A-B-O-W-M-A-L-E-T-I-S.com. That's our website. You can find us on our socials. If you want to see the the TED talk on PTSD, it's TED Ed PTSD. There's only one. And you can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, connect, comment, send us DMs. We respond to everything. Ask questions. I, you know, we'll tell tell you, hey, you know, here's here's the search engine to use to find therapy. And anybody out there listening, it's not easy. And so you know, find some grace for yourself when we say, you know, I don't want to go to therapy. I don't want to work with a coach. That's because we really don't want to have to look at our own shit. It's that's the only reason. And so all of the, you know, things about money, time, experience, stigma, they're all excuses. And there is a lot of low cost, no cost coaching and therapy out there. And and it is readily accessible. And if you can't find it, email me and I'll send you some links. So it it is a place that has room for everyone and it's finding the right person. So it's my name. That's how you find me. There's only one of me. So thanks for asking. <laughs> no, of course, because as I said, you know, the good news about these guests and expert series is that we, you know, I said this to you before the call, like I want to make sure we highlight what you can do to help everybody out, you know? It's you will never go broke giving, and 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 that's just that's just kind of the like the motto. My motto, at least, is you will never go broke giving. And what you did on this podcast today was give, 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 give. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, Joelle. As I said, this was so cool. First time meeting her and being able to just click and connect the way that we just did right now. Oh my god, this was so powerful. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Joelle, for for coming on here and dropping some fire. 
Thank you. Thanks so much for having me and, and stay, stay tuned. We have two, two different books coming out and we've got a couple of new that. products coming out. So no, please talk about what's coming out right now to get it all oh, out there. Yeah. 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 So we have a journal that that's coming out, probably self-help acceptance. A lot of the stuff we talked about today, January, we have a trauma journal coming out with switch research in British Columbia, hopefully in december i think is when it'll drop and and some new stuff so so stay tuned and get on our mailing list folks and we'd love to hear from you and and thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure oh yeah no thank you for as i said taking the time and i will also once you have that already december january just reach out to me and i'll post it on on the leaders life podcast page so then we can make sure we spread the love spread love and make sure we're helping people as much as we can thank you thank you Of course, and that's that. Thank you so much for showing up and listening. Please click on that subscribe button so you never, ever, ever miss out. And share this with your family, friends, and tribe. And if you think this is valuable information, tag me at Leaders Life Podcast. You all freaking rock. Remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you all have an amazing rest of your day.